Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. Thousand and twenty-two. She's already making me laugh, everybody. <laughs> I just asked her a funny question. I didn't. It didn't come out right. Well, it's all right since we're just starting. We, we don't have to tell them what that was. But anyway, it is August fourth, two thousand and twenty-two. Do you believe the summer's almost over, Susie? I can't believe that. Remember, we did a podcast not too long ago, and I told you it was the first day of summer and how happy I was. Well, guess what? It's almost the last day of summer. <laughs> Do we want to welcome everybody to the yeah, Ask women, KT? Women and Money podcast. No, no. no. Ask KT and Susie. Oh, it's really, going to be it's one really of those Ask days, Susie everybody. Anything, anything that's on your mind, go for it, people. Anything. But KT, KT we're will, back. Yeah, we had the best trip. Tell everybody Can about I tell it. Them now? Yes. All right. We went, first of all, this was a very touch and go little fishing adventure because we weren't sure until really that morning that Susie was going to be able to, to get on the plane, get off the plane, get on the plane, get off the plane. It took us three flights to get to this little island in the northern section of British Columbia. 20 miles south of Alaska, a pristine, beautiful island. We got there and Susie just blossomed into the, I think it was the cold. I think she was frozen and it just got rid of like her pain, any kind of aches. And she was going for it, climbing up and down these wooden steps carved into the side of hills and mountains. And she was great. And she got on the boat and the first day out, she caught a 10 pound coho salmon. They're very hard to catch. And to see Susie bring that in with such grace and ease and expertise, it made, made me burst into tears. I'll show you a picture on the, if you go to our Women and Money app on the wall, she'll post a picture of me hugging her crying. I was crying, <laughs> but we'll also post a picture of Susie with Emily, the guide and her fish. And you, wait, you see how big this thing is. It was awesome. And we'll post a picture but of me Katie, with did, a halibut. See what, what it is. I, didn't I not tell all of you today? This was going to be one of those days. But KT, did you have a great birthday? Oh, yeah. It started out with the family and my sister Barbara making me a big strawberry rhubarb pie 
and we had the best time. All six of us enjoyed every moment. It was spectacular. So much so that we booked it again next year. <laughs> same time, same place. So everybody, it was more than any of us had expected in terms of my participation and and really just going for it. So I'm thrilled I went for it and I did it. Thank God that's over with now. All right, KT. Not thank God. It's a shame it's over. It went so fast. So I have a lot of questions. I probably have like a month's worth of questions. All right, here. wait, wait. But before you start, okay, mm-hmm. although she kind of started, right, everybody? I want you to know that next Thursday, so that will be the 11th for the Ask KT and Susie Anything. All the questions will be on inherited IRAs because the podcast that I did on Sunday spurred so many questions. Yeah, we're we're saving them. Yeah, I'm going to save them. And so we're going to do an entire podcast on the questions that you have because there's so many exceptions to the rules and certain things. So I want you to know that if you want to send in a question and possibly be part of that for next Thursday, you send in your questions to ask Susie, S-U-Z-E, podcast at gmail.com, or go to the community app, Women and Money, and you can ask them there. Now, I want you to pay attention to the community app. I want you to download it, which you can do at Google Play or Apple Apps, and I want you to start being part of that because when people are asking questions on the app, on my wall, under the podcast that was posted, I'm usually answering the questions right then and there. So you might want to participate that way. All right, KT, what do you got for us today? Okay, first question is from Norma. Says, Susie, what do you say to those that say we should take Social Security at 62 and invest it? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Don't say that. It's stupid. She's saying, what do you say to those who say? I would say to those that say that, that is just totally stupid. Okay, why? Because imagine it was a year ago. It was January of this year. And you took your Social Security at 62, which means you took a 30% reduction from what it would have been if you had just waited till 67, okay? And you started to invest it. You would be down 30, 40, 50% right now. And if you think that these markets are going up, up, up over this next year, two, or three, I have a bridge to sell you. You know, maybe on Sunday, I'll do a podcast in a Susie school on what is seriously worrying me about these markets, why these are markets and times, in my opinion, that none of us have ever seen before in our lifetime. So I would not be taking a risk with my social security and immediately taking what? A 30% reduction. Are you kidding me? Like I said, it's just stupid. Okay, next that was a that was a pretty clear answer. <laughs> next one's from Sarah. Hello, what does clear Susie. Mean? 
Is that that was a stupid question? That's my girl. <laughs> That's my girl. Okay. Hi, Sarah. Sarah says, hello, Susie. Hello, Sarah. What is the difference between a bank CD and a brokered CD? Thanks for providing all your helpful info. I should have made that your quizzy. There's no difference. There most certainly is. Okay, tell everyone what it is. All right. So I set you up. A ba- you, do, you always set me up. A bank CD or even a CD at a credit union you go into that institution or online and you buy a certificate of deposit where they give you a specific interest rate for a specific period of time. When you do a brokered CD, you're buying a certificate of deposit through your financial advisor who works at a brokerage firm. Now, they can buy and sell any brokered CDs they want. So if you want to get out of it, You could sell it. You could find all different types of offers through a certificate of deposit at a broker versus just one kind of CD at the bank or credit union that you're using. KT, did that make sense to you? No. No. I I mean, the bank or credit union has one way or the highway. The brokerage firm has a number of options that you can liquidate it, sell it, trade yeah. it in, yeah, 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 up it, up down, down it. it, yeah, inside it. Okay, I got it. That's my it. that's my answer. <laughs> Everyone got my answer. Which one's better? It just depends what your firm the firms are offering you. Okay, right? yeah. Okay, next questions from Lucy and Susie. Let's just help clarify. For Lucy and everyone out there that may be a little confused that as means to she's how confused. I'm not confused uh, at all. Since so, when? Well, I'll tell you why. Here's the question. <laughs> Hi, Susie. Can I take money out of the trust that I funded? How does that work? So I think you have to explain to people what a trust is. Let me read is. this email, which is... So it goes on to say, she, if she puts money into a trust and she wants to take money out years down the road to buy a house or some land, can she do that? All right, everybody, let's get this straight. Let's say you want to set up, and all of you should want to, a living revocable trust. All that means is that you change the title from your bank account, from Susie Orman, into Susie Orman, trustee for the Susie Orman Living Revocable Trust. Nothing else changes, okay? I can write checks. I can take money out. I can put money in. Nothing changes. My taxes don't change. Property taxes don't change when I do it with my home. Nothing changes. The only thing that changes is that it's now held in trust so that when you die, It passes to your beneficiaries without probate. And if you become incapacitated, you have named within the trust a successor trustee that can take over all of your financial situation for you and take care of you. So what you're telling everyone is a trust isn't a financial bank account. It's just a title name for the ones you already had. Yeah, you're just changing title. You're not changing how anything works works, Mm -hmm. period. So you can take your money out. You can do anything you want with it. Yeah, whenever you want. Whenever, right, Katie? 
This I always want to change it. <laughs> this is from Johnny. Oh, Johnny. He makes me miss my brother. We call him Johnny. 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 He's, well, well, he's in the UK now. We all call him Johnny Boy. Johnny Boy. Johnny and he's Boy. having the time of his life. All right, Johnny. All right. This is from Johnny. Susie and KT, what are the best types of assets to put in a taxable brokerage account? ETFs, mutual funds, individual stocks, or certain bonds? I'm trying to clean up my brokerage account to grow, but with minimum tax hit. So I don't even know what a taxable brokerage account is. What does that is. mean you don't even know? I don't know what that means. How's that possible? Taxable you have one. brokerage account. You have a few. Okay, so tell everyone and Johnny what it is. And KT, wait, are you tell telling KT. me you don't know what you a have? A taxable KT. brokerage account. You have retirement accounts that are tax deferred Mm -hmm. or tax free if they're a Roth. Okay. When you have other investment accounts, they're always taxable. When you go and you buy something and sell it, if you made money, it's taxable. If you lost money, hopefully it's a tax loss. So you could offset it. Like my stock portfolio. That's right. So every single account that's just simply an investment account where you open it up in your individual name, you open it up in your trust name, you open it up in joint tenancy with your spouse or whatever, Johnny, that is what a taxable account is. I did that for KT, everybody. But Johnny, (laughs) for you, what you would want... That's not nice. That's not nice. But that's it's not that's not nice. What is that? Just tell Johnny what it is. I just told you what it was. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so when you have an account like that, you want to invest in things that are not going to generate a lot of taxes for you. So you buy an individual stock. As long as you keep that stock, it can grow and grow and grow or not. And until you sell it, There's no taxable event. So when you have individual stocks, you're more apt to buy and sell those as things change. Exchange-traded funds, as well as mutual funds that are index funds, those would be the perfect thing as well to hold wear into an investment account because usually you don't have any capital gains on there until you sell them. And with an exchange-traded fund or a mutual fund, and all mutual funds, in my opinion, should be no load, ones that you do not pay commission on, you normally don't sell those. Those you keep because they're diversified for a long, long time. If you want, you can have certain bonds within a brokerage account or an investment account, especially if they're municipal bonds, because they generate tax-free income for you. You just want to put in that account things that you're not going to buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. Those are things that are better off in a retirement account. Okay, everybody ready? Want to see Susie get hot under the collar? That means it's about whole life insurance. Oh boy. Hey, Susie and KT, this is from Lauren. We met with a financial advisor today and asked what are good savings investment options outside of a 529 plan for our two children, five and six years old. Okay, remember that, everyone. 
two kids, five and six years old. The advisor, he recommended a whole life policy that is paid up at 20. I know you dislike whole life policies, but how do you feel about the one as an investment vehicle for young children? All right, you ready, Susie? You should see her face. I can't even look that direction. (laughs) I cannot even look at her face. She has a face and an expression of not only disgust, but disbelief. All right, go for it. I'm really speechless. All right, she's speechless. Can I answer it? No. All right, you better tell them. So, Lauren, I need you to seriously listen to me. You have two children that are five and six years of age. Now, do you and your spouse, right, have a term life insurance policy to protect them in case you and your spouse happen to die? Okay. I don't have a problem with that at all. But to waste money, how dare that financial advisor even suggest that when you could do what? You could be putting money right now into series I bonds for them. And depending on your income, when you go to take money out of series I bonds later on for higher education costs, you don't have to pay taxes on it. You're ahead of inflation. You're keeping it safe. Really? That could not be, I I don't even. (sighs) She's really mad because she knows that that advisor or agent is making a huge income and and they're making a whole lot of money up front. So how do I feel about that as an investment for young children? It's not fair. Really? Really? I hope you never go back into that person's office again. All right, all right. All right, this is from Karen. Susie, if you had to choose between funding a Roth IRA or getting a Series I bond, which do you recommend? And this is for someone who's 55. I don't know if that's for Karen or someone Mm -hmm. she knows who's 55. All right. Now, Karen, the advice I'm going to give you is for right now at this period of time. So for those of you who may be listening to this three or four years from now, at the first time and you're hearing it, please pay attention to the dates that these podcasts are recorded because every date means something. This advice will not hold true in a few years from now. Currently, Series I bonds, if you buy one right now, are offering 9.62% for you for the next six months. Now, obviously, you only get half of that because you're holding it for six months. After those six months, it will be November, the new I bond rate will be established. You'll get whatever that is. It is very possible. It could be 10, 11, 12%. So right now, if I were you, I would be taking advantage of the certainty of the interest rates that I-bonds are giving you versus the uncertainty that a Roth IRA would be giving you. Because if you invested in a Roth right now, I have to tell you, I'm not even sure what I would tell you to invest in so that you didn't suffer losses. And I'll talk about that more on Sunday. But I would go for the known versus the unknown. And the known right now is series I-bonds. 
go for it, girlfriend. Okay. Did that surprise you, KT? It did a little bit, but I think the most important information here is pay attention to the day Susie gave you this advice. Yeah. The timing is everything, everyone. Next question is from Camille. This is a very sweet question, Susie. It says, hi, KT and Susie. I'm not married. When I die, can I allocate my Social Security benefits to my brother? No. No, you can't, Camille. But I thought that was so oh, kind. Oh, do you hear the no, difference so between KT's answer and mine? It was so kind of you to think about your brother. And I hope he knows that you love him that much. Yeah. Actually, you cannot allocate your Social Security benefits really to anybody other than a spouse. So if your Social Security benefits, for those of you listening who are married, so if your Social Security benefit is higher than your spouse's, upon your death, your spouse will start to collect yours. If your spouse's benefit is higher than yours when you die, they'll just keep collecting theirs. So it's really just that simple. All right. Next is from Tanya and Campbell. Our 18-year-old daughter graduated from high school in May. She started her first job. She will continue to work as she goes to college. Having listened to you for years, often with my encouragement, she's opened a Roth IRA at Vanguard. Good for her, right, Susie? She has an initial investment of $1,000. She now wants to invest in VTI. The quest, which is Vanguard Total Index Fund, right? Oh, you're good. Our question is, should she dollar cost average the initial investment or just the monthly amounts after the 1,000 lump sum investment? Yeah. So let's give... um, Let's give their daughter, I don't have the daughter's name, but let's give her some advice. She's 18. All right. So this, this is what I would tell you is that at this point in time, the markets really have had, remember, this is August 4th, 2022. The markets really did extraordinarily well in the month of July. I don't think it's going to hold everybody. I know a lot of you are writing and go, the market's hit its bottom. We're there. It's going to go straight up. No, it is not in my opinion. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I just don't think I am. I think you'll see it go up, go down. I think you may even see it hit a high around the middle of September, then go back down again. I think we're in a rough time overall. So I would be dollar cost averaging. So I would not be putting a $1,000 lump sum into the market right now. I would wait a little bit to tell you the truth. And then I would be putting maybe $100 a month into the market by dollar cost averaging. So ready, next question is, hi, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if I have both an LLC and an S-Core Am I allowed to purchase I-bonds under those entities? I'm going to give them the answer. Yeah, Yeah, baby. baby, Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, baby. baby. Yeah, baby. Oh, wait. So now let's tell them another little story. Okay. So we're on the boat fishing. And every time we caught a fish, we would scream and shout, yeah, baby. And Emily, our guide, who's Canadian and rather conservative young 30-year-old woman, 
thought that was the funniest thing she ever heard all these old ladies screaming, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. And she wrote to Susie and I, and she said, never in her life has anyone pulled her aside and said, okay, Em, we called you the party boat. Yeah, baby. They heard us echoing throughout the entire, I don't know what it's called, the island waters in uh, British Columbia. And now Emily has this reputation of being, yeah, baby. <laughs> so it was fun. Susie, this is my last Wait, question. Wait, before you ask the last question, tell the sad story about Emily. Emily is 30 years old and she feel and she's unbelievably talented. talented beautiful writer. We'll put a picture of her yeah, up as well. We'll put a photo of her but with she Susie. Felt lost. She felt lost and she feels less than when it comes to her financial accomplishments. And we looked at each other and said, Are you kidding me? Um, so she's 30 years old and she's in in a job and a world that um is not that conducive for but women. The great story was because she really didn't know who I was, because in Canada I've never really been. No, she's young. She, you're and old, she's young Susie. and I'm old. It's <laughs> you're, true. You're old. Right? And, and so when I said, Emily, I was a waitress at the age of 30. 30. She lit up like, there's hope. And of course there's hope. But so for so those. So she felt, she felt less than because she said, I don't own a home. I don't have a significant savings. I don't think she's living paycheck to paycheck, but she's tight. Well, you know, you only, you only fish for a season. Yeah, so it's and hard. then you have to do all. But jobs. the main reason I wanted KT to tell that story is that I know a lot on the Women and Money podcast, and everyone's smart enough to listen. We gear things many times towards women and and others, right? Who really are older, because as you get older. It's as if nobody really gears anything towards you. They don't do podcasts like this. Everything is always for advertising dollars and the millennials and this and that. But I just want all of you to know this podcast really is for everybody. And there's always hope. Never forget that Susie Orman was a waitress for seven years, making $400 a month till she was 30 years of age. Now look at me. Now, what's your last one, Katie? Okay, this is from Steve. Dear KT and Susie, you recommend to budget 40% over the actual mortgage oh, payment. Oh, Playhouse, yes. Yeah. What if your payment already has taxes and insurance added to the total you pay through the escrow account? Do you still use 40%, I guess the 40% model, or does the percentage change? All right, so, so let's so explain that of, to everybody yeah, first. Let's right? tell Steve has a good question here, but you need to know a little bit of the backstory. So Susie will set it up. So normally when you go to buy a home, you write in and say, Susie, how do I know how much of a home can I afford? And I always tell you because the mistake that you make is that if you have a rent payment for $1,000 a month, good luck, but let's just say you do, and then you have a mortgage payment for $1,000 a month, you think you can afford to buy a home. And the truth of the matter is, besides the mortgage payment, you have property taxes, you have insurance, and you have maintenance costs. So I've always said, 
always budget 40% over the mortgage payment so that you know that you can afford it. So in that case, it would be $400 more, which is $1,400 a month. And for six months, play house. Pay your rent of $1,000 and put $400 a month away in the Alliant Credit Union. Make a good interest rate. Get that $100 bonus right at the end of 12 months. And if it wasn't a strain for you, at the end of six months, you'll know you can afford it. So Steve is asking, but if we are paying through an escrow account, do we still do 40%? And when you pay to your mortgage company, your property taxes and your insurance, they hold it in escrow for you. Now, before I go on and answer this question, I know this is long, but KT, it's important. None of you should have an escrow account. Years ago, or even a year ago, when interest rates were so low, it really didn't make sense for you to keep your insurance and your property taxes in a savings account because you weren't making any interest. It was at 0%. Now, why let the financial institution keep your money and make 1.4%, which is the new interest rate, by the way, that Alliant Credit Union is paying. As interest rates continue to go up, they will pay more. So put your own taxes and insurance in your own savings account. Do not do an escrow account. So that's what I would tell you, Steve. But if you are doing that, and you're playing house to see how much more you can afford, you would put about $200 a month away because that's usually what maintenance comes out to be. Mm -hmm. Oh, you look so bored. No, it was just a long answer. <laughs> People, what is wrong with her? Do you really want quick right, answers? What's my, just so, what's my you know what I think is wrong with KT? She now, for over 20 years, has sat in studios or on TV or whatever, and listen to me answer these questions over and over again. And KT, I just think you're plumb bored when I do. Sometimes. Only if the Roth word comes up. <laughs> All right, well, let's see how bored you are with this quizzy, my dear. Okay. Because this is now quizzy time where I ask KT and all of you a question. And let's see if you can answer it as KT is yawning here. <laughs> Go ahead, do it. Are you tired? I am. Did no. you not sleep well last night? No. Why not? I told you I had a nightmare, and we talked about it. I know. Every morning we wake up. Wake up. I said, Susie, every did you day dream? She's... And she always says, yes. I said, what was it? I don't remember. And I said, want to hear mine? And I tell her my dreams. And an hour and a half later, no. talk about being <laughs> bored. Anyway, hi, Susie. I've become a loyal listener and look forward to your episodes each week. I am, however, overwhelmed with the best direction for my husband and I. First of all, it should be Michelle, my husband and me, but just saying. All right. My first specific question is, do I invest $10,000 in I-bonds, KT, now, or put $10,000 towards our $15,000 credit card debt? We do have a 12-month emergency fund intact and just came into this money. Thanks for considering. My gut feeling says you should get rid of the debt because you'll feel better, but the smart answer would probably be to take advantage of right now 
the benefit of the I-bond investment, especially $10,000? What's the, what's that the your right? final answer? Well, it depends. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Don't be long-winded Okay, here. okay, okay. One or the do other. The, do the I-bond. All right. So I can't give you a <clears throat> or a ding, ding, ding. And the reason is this. Your answer of it depends yeah. was correct. Now, the real answer to this depends on what is the interest rate that's being offered on your credit card to you right now. Are you paying 15%? Are you paying 20%? Are you paying 23%? Are you in a credit card where as the feds continue to raise interest rates, mm. that your interest rate on this credit card is going to go up as well. So given that that is probably the situation, I have to tell you, I would be paying off my credit card debt. You know, and don't you think she'll feel better? Of course she'll yeah. feel better. However, that's a lot of money. I would do something else, KT. Half and half? No. <laughs> okay, what? All right, so you also have a 12-month emergency fund. If I were you and I had a very high interest rate, and high interest rate on a credit card, in my opinion, is anything over 5, 6, 7, 8% That's or up high. there. Yeah, because you're not making that on your money. Where? In your savings account. So therefore, your emergency fund is probably in a savings account somewhere. Therefore, if you have $10,000, I would get rid of $10,000 of credit card debt if my assumption is correct that your interest rate is really high. And I would probably, depending on what your 12-month emergency fund is, how large, I would take $5,000 from there, get rid of my credit card debt altogether. If you get into trouble, you now have $15,000 on credit cards that you can start buying things with if you really get into trouble somehow again. Then you would take the money that you were putting towards your credit card debt and replenish your emergency fund. Once your emergency fund has been replenished, I would then do what? I would start to be putting money in to I-bonds. You don't have to put $10,000 all at once in an I-bond. KT, what is the minimum? $25. Come on. Yeah. $25. Come on. $25. Good, KT. All right, everybody, that brings us to the end. Any other updates on no, fishing? No, go look at the fish. Yeah, we we actually, we didn't catch as much fish this season as we did before COVID, but boy, we had fun. You want to oh. know why we didn't catch as much fish? Because you couldn't fish. That's right. Susie couldn't fish. I only was able to catch She only fish. caught one. Everyone's allowed eight fish. And Susie was only able to bring in one with her, you know, arm in her condition. But we tried. But anyway. But I, I caught almost all of mine. But we had Barb and Sophia, Katie's sister, my sister-in-law, and our niece on the boat. And I learned a big <laughs> lesson, right, which is having fun with everybody even though they lost almost every fish they tried to bring in. But was that's besides more the point. Important right? Than catching. Than catching fish. All right. So don't forget to look at the pictures on the Women and Money community app. 
and until Sunday. KT, what do you want to tell everybody? I want you all to stay safe. What else? Strong. What else? And secure. What else? One more. I added a fourth one. You did? Smart. Oh. I want everybody to be smart, which means you're not going to buy whole life. Not if you buy whole life insurance policies, you're not. All you have to do is be safe, strong, and secure. And and smart. You're you're smart. Just just be smart. You're all smart. Not if they listen to certain people. Okay, we love you. All right, everybody. Bye bye now. Bye. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.